Well, we're so glad you guys are here tonight. Um, here at the end, we're going to pass those sign-up sheets so you guys can get involved in that uh, 24-hour prayer. And uh, so, anyway, we're starting this brand new series, and I've got an announcement sheet instead of, that's not it. All right. Yeah, remove that. All right. So, the world we live in, and the reason that we kind of went with this was because we thought that this is where we need to be in the Bible, and this is what you should do anytime you study the Bible. You should start there, and then if you get anything out of that, that's what you should learn instead of saying, here's what I want to learn about. Oh, it's, there it is in the Bible. Um, so we started there, and we went through a lot of different things that we could have focused on with the third, first third chap, three chapters of Revelation. And, and we just, um, we live in a world that does not stop communicating, tweeting, ranting, hating, flattering, criticizing. Uh, is it exhausting? Has anybody ever got on social media for longer than 20 minutes and felt better after you got off of it? I don't think I have, unless I saw like a weird cat video at the end of it or something. <laughs> and even then, I'm kind of confused. I'm not really feeling better. Um, and it, it is so bad that when we come across someone who is a great listener, we are shocked, and we seek to never let them out of our sight. This person actually can listen. I think I'm going to actually have them be my friend because no one else will listen to me. Isn't that why you're friends with the people that you're friends with, or maybe the 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 person that you're dating, maybe the reason that you're with them is because they actually listen to you. And many of the great innovations that have come throughout history have mostly come out of isolation and not socialization. Yet, one is paraded as, if you don't have this, you can't function in this life. And yet, all the things that we, we use every day did not come out of an intense socialization process. They came out of isolation. So this semester, we're going to learn to listen and not just to listen to people, oh, that's good to do, we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. And so in Revelation 1, 2, and 3, you'll see this over and over again. Let us hear, he who has ears, who has ears, okay? Let, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And that is what we want to do. We want to hear what the Spirit wants us to, to listen to. And if we learn this skill, we'll never run dry in inspiration, conviction, wisdom, and joy. And so I, we want to ask you, whether you're in a life group or you're just going to come to these monthly nights of worship, which is fine, or whether you're just going to do something else uh, after tonight because of whatever happened, um, we pray that you would listen, you would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, okay? And um, by the way, in... Your Bible app, you can. we did that again. If you want to open it up, I'm going to try to do it here. Hit the Holy Bible. You hit the Bible, that's weird. <laughs> All right, and then you go to more at the bottom. Then you punch, punch is better. Punch events, and then Impact Christian Fellowship at IUPUI, if you didn't know that's what it's called. And then you can hit save at the upper right hand, and it's pretty much the message and all the passages that we're going to kind of flow through tonight. And if I went too fast, I really apologize. So here's our one thing that we want you to remember. You have to draw near in order to hear. You have to draw near in order to, to hear. And uh, Ethan's going to share a little story. Story time with Ethan. Is that a new TV show? Okay, this doesn't have to do with the story, but first question, a lot of people approached me about my shirt and sweatpant combo. 
Is it okay? Is it not? I'll take a yes. Looks like a dad. A dad. I'm only 23. No, so, okay, I'll just jump into my story. Um, so starting about the, my junior year of high school, uh, I started dating this girl, which I thought was going to go well. But it lasted about a month, and it didn't. It stopped. Um, well, a couple weeks later, she was with another guy, and I was like, oh, man, that sucks. But I'll get over it. I don't care. You know, moving on. Well, she dated this guy for a few months, and on her way to breaking up with this guy, she calls me and says, hey, I'm breaking up with this guy. Will you take me back? No. No, I won't. However, after about two weeks of wearing me down, I just said, okay, I'll give you a second chance. Why not? So then it goes another few months of relationship. I thought it was going well. She had kind of taken something from me that I can't take back now. So I thought maybe it would continue to keep going on and on, but she broke up with me again. I'm like, well, okay, just give me the reason and I'll be fine. I can move on. As long as it isn't for the same guy that she did last time, I'll be okay. She's like, no, it's not that, it's whatever. I'm like, okay, I'll move on. Well, a couple weeks later, I'm in conversation with her friends. They're asking me how I'm doing, and I'm like, I'm good. How's everything? Like, oh, you know, your ex-girlfriend's dating this guy again. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So she lied to me, and I was absolutely crushed. I had never felt something like this before in my life. I was just destroyed because, like I said, without naming anything, she had done something kind of to me that I can't take back and it just when someone leaves you after something like that even as being a guy it hurts so I decided to go on this what I'm gonna call a bad decision journey and so for the next year I did nothing but bad decisions I was not living a godly lifestyle I had strayed away from my faith more than I wanted to I was not praying I was not reading my Bible I was still attending church and pretending to be somebody that really I wasn't being around like when I was with friends and you know not even my mom knew anything about it bless her heart um, <laughs> but toward, so I was just constantly doing something one thing after another and towards the end of this bad decision journey it started to slow down I was running out of things to do I had exhausted pretty much everything I could do and so I actually had no messages coming to my phone no no notifications no parties no nothing to go to and so I just started sitting in my room and mindlessly thinking. I mean, I would come home from school or basketball and just go in my room and just sit. No TV, no phone, just mindlessly thinking about nothing. I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thinking about next step in life. I was just, you know how your just mind wanders, but for no reason. And that's what I was doing every single day. Until one day when this other girl who I had grown up with, I had grown up in church with her, we went to youth group, all the church events together. Her dad was the pastor of the church. See this girl all the time. She comes over sometimes just to hang out as friends. Uh, we were kind of middle school crushes but never did anything. We were friends in high school. And it turns out she had became single. And I was like, oh, man, this might be my time. <laughs> yeah, we had disconnected as friends when she got into her relationship and I started on my journey. That was like our point of, we didn't talk for a while, but I thought maybe this is the best way to reconnect. I'll shoot her a text or something, see how she's doing, because I don't know how well her relationship went. I didn't really care, but um, <laughs> so I thought I would try to reconnect, but 
my own mind and my mindlessly thinking days of going into my room and just ta like talking to myself about nothing, I thought, no, I don't deserve her. I'm not the right person for her. I know the kind of person she is. She has great morals. She grew up in a great home. She's way better than me. I'm not doing it. So I just said, forget it, and I moved on. Well, then a month later, as rumors spread around high schools very quickly, um, I hear that she might be talking to somebody already. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Maybe I should revisit this thing again. <laughs> so I go back to my thinking space, a.k.a. my bedroom, <laughs> and I think, man, what, what should I do? And for the first time in over a year, a new voice started entering my head, and I could not explain it other than God. This is when God comes into my life, and, I'm th and I start to listen. This is where the listening part comes in, because I know everything else has been kind of off. But <laughs> This is when I started to listen. I was hearing that other voice saying, no, maybe you are deserving, because you're, I mean, you're never going to be deserving for eternity, because in the Bible it would say that we all fall short of the eternity, and that we all don't have what it takes, but that doesn't mean we stop trying. That doesn't mean we don't quit the fight. That doesn't mean we don't keep pursuing Jesus. And so I decided to just listen and, and go for the text message this time. I sent it. Boom, it's off. And what do you know, two weeks later, she's actually asking me, hey, you can ask me out. I'm like, whoa. Any smart guy, when a pretty girl says, are you going to ask me out, you say yes. <laughs> and for some reason, I said, maybe. Maybe, let me think about it. <laughs> so I go back, again, to my thinking tunnel. Wait, did I just say maybe? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, God, I know we've been talking, but why did I say maybe? He just wanted to keep working on me for some reason, so I just kept listening to him and listening to him. And a whole, like, month of texting, what people call talking in high school, went by. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, we just tried out, and we actually go on a double date with some friends, which was actually for them and not us. And it was like one of the best nights ever. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for this. I hope you're right, God. Hey, do you want to go out with me? Well, like what, what do you, what, what's the problem? She's like, I do, but you have to talk to my dad. <laughs> Why? Well, because he just wants to talk to people before. Now, he's a pastor. He was a pastor for 19 years. So I'm like, okay, understandable. I got to get through this roadblock, and then we'll move on with our lives. So I go, I talk to him, he shows up late on purpose, I'm sweating profusely at this point outside, and, uh, but we have a talk, it's a great conversation, and that night uh, I went and grabbed some flowers, I went to her house and I asked her out on the night of her birthday, and boom, yes, we start dating. And uh, ever since that day, it's like a light switched on and my mood was instantly different. What I thought about was instantly different. I didn't go back to my room and think thoughtlessly. I was thinking, okay, how am I going to make this relationship work? What do I have to do to change? Because I know if I stay the same, she's not going to stay with me. And the more my relationship with God fails, then this relationship's going to fail. So I had to make drastic changes, which I knew were for right for myself. And I knew that the voice in my head, a.k.a. God, was telling me to move forward and to be better. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't regret listening to that voice any day of my life because now five years later, we are getting married in June. So thank you. And I wasn't going to point her out, but she's over there. And uh, yeah, just, just listening to that one voice, no matter what time it comes, no matter what point in your life, you just have to listen to it. Listen, 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 and let it happen because it can 
turn your life upside down to a place you never could even imagine it'd be. There is no way that if I hadn't said uh, yes, if I hadn't said yes to God and pursued her as my girlfriend, I would not be sitting here talking in front of you. I would never probably come to IEPUI, met Andrew, or any of that. So I encourage you to listen, and like he said, I encourage you to go to a life group to just get things started. Amen. Thank you, sir. So, yeah. So the Bible, this is where we're starting This is the whole night. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And uh, you have to draw near in order to hear. Um, so most of my life I spend in a parking lot with my two kids while my wife is in Marshalls. I don't know if you've ever been there before. But this is yesterday. Got a divine revelation in the parking lot. There's this uh, lady. She, uh, I'm, I'm assuming she's late 40s and her son who's 12 and uh, maybe 13, I have no idea. And uh, they're having a little conversation, and uh, she does not look like the person that should be running. Uh, but you can tell he's challenging her to something. And I'm like, what's going on? Is this going to go down? And sure enough, they're on the other side of the parking lot. They're going to race. <laughs> they're going to race to the front door of Marshall's, and I'm going to watch this and see what happens. So they are ready, set, go. Boom! And this lady smoked him. I mean, she smoked him. He didn't have a chance. Like, she was shot out of a gun, and he was dejected. I'm going to tell you about him later. But uh, a lot of times, this is kind of how we are when it comes to reading the Bible, honestly, and listening to God's voice. We, we wonder if we have time to read the Bible. We wonder if we will be able to understand. There's no way I'm beating my son to that door. You know, why would I even try? Um, Unless she was like played, she was a, ran track in college. Maybe she did. Apparently, she did. She's so fast. Um, but you know, we wonder if we'll be under, uh, under be able to understand. We wonder if we'll be able to get into it, um, and then maybe walk away from it. Um, my question tonight: Would you be willing to run to the front door of Marshalls? Would you be willing to? actually give God a chance and start studying the Bible and listening to what he wants you to say? And uh, that's the big question. You have to draw near in order to hear. Uh, Hannah's going to read our, the first three verses of our passage. Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. So the entire book of Revelation is not revelations. Uh, one of my pet peeves is probably because I went to a Christian college and it ruined me. You can call it revelations if you want. I don't care. really don't. It's given to John in one revelation. That's why it's revelation okay this is not isolated instances over a 50-year period he is being exiled to an island and he is having this revelation from god and we're, we're just going to study the first part of it um, the rest of it will we would need like 16 semesters to study um, so john mentions that these things must soon play, take place what okay so you know when this is written right when was this written 1924 years ago Okay, John, soon? Really? 
Doesn't look like soon, as far as I know, soon. And so he writes around 1895. So how can this be soon? And we read some interesting verses in 2 Peter 3.8 and Psalm 94 where it says, A day, as we understand it, is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day with God. Because he exists outside of time. <laughs> Literally, God could be thinking 19 days right now. 19.2, I don't know how that works. Okay. Um, but this is the revelation. And that's why it's so relevant, because God exists outside of time. We'll get to that later. And then he says, read, hear, keep. Read, hear, keep. John gives three commandments when it comes to this revelation. And they na- need to be read aloud. They need to be heard and kept. And let's see uh, how we've been doing. Reading the Bible. How consistent have you been in your daily time in reading God's Word? That's rhetorical. You don't have to answer that. My last four years, I was going to show this up on the graphic, but... Uh, Three years ago, I started the Bible in a year, and I read it. I did it in two years. <laughs> Last year, I, I, I kept getting distracted in the text, and I got through day 300, and then I had to do the walk of shame and then start again. Last year, I did it, 365 days in a row, thanks to Troy Dover pushing me. Well, where Tro- Troy is, but thank you, Troy. We did it together, and uh, that was an amazing uh, time. So I'm just saying from my personal experience, it, it can be hard to even just to pick or you know, open up the app or pick up your Bible and just read the Bible. Isn't that amazing how hard that is for us to do? It is the divine word of God, and we've got to be disciplined. Well, I tell you that story just to encourage you that it's a process. Sometimes we think if we can't arrive at something immediately, well, uh, you just never will with the Bible. So that's the first thing, read here. If you have been consistently reading your Bible, uh, have you been reading through it, or have you been really taking time to listen? Did you get a verse or a phrase or a chapter or a, a person in the Bible that you really identified with where God taught you something? If that's true, have you been obedient to what he's revealed to you? If not, what's holding you back? Read, here, keep. Read, here, keep. It's all the way through the book of Revelation, and especially in our study this uh, semester. But this is where it starts and ends for anyone who wants to follow Jesus. Read, hear, keep. Read, hear, keep. It just keeps going over and over again. And maybe you grew up in the church and um, you're stuck on that reading thing and you just can't get to the, you know, the, the hearing. There's just like disruption. And we'll, t- we'll get to that later, but you have to draw near in order to hear. Let's read verses 4 through 6. John's greeting to the seven churches. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from, who the, one, from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So John is speaking about Asia Minor, uh, not Asia as we think of it today, modern-day Turkey. And so uh, he was speaking to these churches originally and is also speaking to the church today. And uh, that includes us, if you didn't know that. 
about yourself. You are a part of the church if you claim to be a Christian, if you claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He says, and this is, comes up all the way through the New Testament, and you may get sick of seeing it over and over, but grace and peace. The Apostle Paul, like, wears that out. It's like, dude, give it a rest already. Grace and peace, grace and peace. And you're like, wow, why does he keep saying that? And the reason is, is because these are the two most important things that we need to encounter when it comes to Jesus. Grace is the salvation gift. Think of grace as administered to your mind, okay? You know that this is true. When you become a Christian, you know that you are saved. Many of us know it, all right? So then why does he tack peace onto it? Grace, know it, okay? And then peace, calm, Okay, for your conscience, feel it. The two of these are so important for us to know because sometimes you just won't feel it. You're just not in it, you know, and then sometimes your mind will drift. You got to have both grace and peace, grace and peace. And from there, he launches into this description of Jesus, which could be a whole semester study in and of itself. First, he says, is the faithful witness, firstborn of the dead, the one who loves us, who freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom priest. He's a faithful witness. This is all that Jesus did. His miracle, his teaching, his sinless life showed that he was God. Two, he's the firstborn of the dead. That means, speaking of Jesus' resurrection, because Jesus was raised from the dead, someday we too will be raised from the dead. Three, he loves us. Jesus was motivated by his love for us, not by obligation. We've talked about that a lot. He freed us from our sins by his blood. And speaking of what happened on the cross. And here's the last one. This is very interesting. He made us a kingdom priest. Jesus not only saves us, but he allows us to take part in what God is doing here on earth. My 83-year-old mentor, Carl, I talk about, I think, every sermon that I preach. Um, because he's a very great guy. Um, had a big impact on my life. But he said that the whole Bible can be summed up into this. Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. Jesus is coming again. So the whole Bible is pointing to Jesus. And uh, you have to draw near in order to hear. Let's read our last two verses of the passage. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. So we don't have time to go through all this. Uh, we are already out of time almost. But what all you need to know about this passage is that verse 7 is like this wild combination of Daniel t 12, or Daniel 7 and Zechariah tw 12. And there will come a day when Jesus will return says that he is the Alpha and the Omega. I used to ask my mom this question all the time. Mom, who created God? You know, she'd be like, what? You know, no one did. He's just always been there. And then I'd be like, what? What does that mean? He is the beginning and the end. He is going forever both ways. Um, and geometry can go th from there, I guess. Um, but it says that he is the beginning and the end. And this is why God can be called Almighty. It uses that word Almighty, which is a compound word in the Greek. It means all power. There is no power found in all the world 
that compares with God. My six-year-old daughter will come into the kitchen sometimes and be like, Dad, tell me a Bible story that I don't know. And I'll be like, okay, all right. And what, what I don't realize is the past six and a half years I've been telling her Bible, I've been putting myself in this hole. And so for five minutes I list all the Bible stories I can think of. No, I already know that one. I already know that one. Nope, I already know that one. And then I'm like, can I tell her this story in Judges, or is this appropriate for a six-and-a-half-year-old to hear? And then I stop for a long time. She's like, hey, are you still talking to me? You know, okay, yeah. Um, you can know all the stories. And this is what I've been kind of leading up to, but it's another thing to find the power in the accounts in the Bible. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can know every single page in the Bible and not know anything about its power. This is why the 100-year-old still reads their Bible, and they still get great stuff out of it. Um, you will never find all of the power. Psalm 145 says that his greatness is unsearchable. You will get to a point in your relationship with God where you will have dug deep into intimacy with God. You'll come to, like, oh, I made so much progress. And you'll look and be like, I'm not even close. I'm not even close. It's like I haven't even started. And Paul said this in 2 Timothy 3, 5, and some of us, this could, should, could be really convicting. They have the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Maybe that's how you feel tonight. You have to draw near in order to hear. And so what I want to answer right now is, from the passage, why should you even read the Bible? That, I mean, unless we can answer that question, you will never read the Bible. You will never open the app. You will never crack the cover. You will never write a personal note in your Bible of something that God taught you unless you actually know why you should read the Bible. Verse 3 says that we, will, we are promised that we will be blessed. Uh, the Greek, Greek word is makarios, which is the same word that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 5 when he's going through the Beatitudes. And it means how happy, how lucky, how fortunate are you. That's how God feels about you when you open up his word and read it. Second, I love this. I love hearing the ending of how things happen in a movie. Ruin it for me, right? And that's what the Bible does. It gives you perspective of how things are going to end. And it says it twice in the passage, in verse 3 and in verse 7. Three, he gives you grace and peace. We just talked about that. Four, who was and is and is to come. If that is true about Jesus then he is always relevant in every single culture, generation. It doesn't matter. Any spot on the earth, and Jesus will be relevant. Number five, in order to get to know Jesus. Do you want to be blessed? I bet you do. You're like, I want a good job. All right. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to know how the world is going to end? Do you want, to re you want rest for your mind and for your conscience? Do you want to experience something that will never have to be replaced or upgraded or downloaded? Come on now. You do. Do you want to know Jesus of Nazareth, who he really was and who he is today? If so, read on, eat up, soak it in, walk in it, submit to it, wrestle with it. What you'll find is that God will completely transform your life if you'll let him. And I just read this this week in uh, The Pursuit of God by Tozer, but I'm just going to share this with you. And then Hannah's going to share her story and we'll be done. Uh, but the scribe tells us what they have read. This is me growing up in church. Let me, Dad, tell me a story that I don't know. 
right? Which is near impossible these days. The prophet tells us what they have seen. You see the distinction there? It's one thing to dispense information. It's another entirely to tell you what we have experienced, what we have seen in the grace of God. So Hannah's going to share her experience, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. So I was really glad to be chosen for this night of worship because I think that one of my biggest struggles in the Christian faith is actually opening up the Word of God and reading it. So I struggle with that read part hardcore, and it's been an issue for me for quite a while because I used to read my Bible every day growing up, and then I think um, there just came a point in high school where I just stopped, and it was an issue for me. And there have been, in all vulnerability and honesty, there have been months that have gone by that I've gone without reading the Word of God, and that's disgusting to me that I allowed myself to do that, but, you know, I've realized that this has become an issue because anytime I have something going on in my life, if there's a relationship struggle, if there's something going on at school, I pick up the phone and I call my parents or I call my boyfriend or I call my best friend or I call liter literally anybody who will listen to me instead of going straight to God's word. And I found that this has just really led to a lot of issues in my life being out of whack because at the end of the day in the situations that I'm in, I'm operating on my own wisdom and not on God's. And that's never a place that you want to be. So I'm sure that I am not the only person in here who struggles to open up the word of God. I think that it is a very common issue, especially in the Western church when we have such an abundance of it, we don't understand the importance of it. And so, um, like Andrew and Ethan have been talking about, reading God's word is so, so important, and it helps us in the way that we interact with others, which is, you know, the second part of that commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You can't do those things without reading God's word. So, I wanted to give you guys some practical tips, because I know a lot of times it can be really daunting to look at all 1,300 pages of the Bible and think, yeah, I can't do this. So, um, my first tip is to pray. And this is something that I do a lot. Um, when I'm really struggling with a desire to read God's word, I pray for that desire. Because I know that God is going to bless anybody who's asking for a desire to read his words and to read um, the holy things that are within it. And then also pray for focus and intentionality when you're reading it. Because anytime your phone goes off, you're immediately distracted. So just praying for that focus. And then I know that... <laughs> One time I decided I was going to read from Genesis to Revelation. I was like, I got this. Come on, let's go. And I got to that chapter in Genesis that has that genealogy. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That genealogy that goes on for like two chapters, and you kind of feel like there's no end to it. But even in the genealogy, God's word is so beautiful. And so there are still ways that we can, you know, read the things that may seem more tedious and still get something out of it. So there are a few things that I wanted to point out um, just about ways to even get started if you guys struggle with that. So my first thing is, and this is just a starting point, this shouldn't be something that continues on forever and ever, but if you really struggle to read God's word and you don't want to go through a book right away, find something that interests you and then read about it. So something for me recently in the past month, I think I've heard a decent amount of sermons on the fact that Jesus is the center of the Bible. In every single book that you read, you can see a shadow of what's to come in Jesus. And so for <laughs> the past two sermons that I've listened to, I was walked through the entire Old Testament and New Testament and shown in every single book how Jesus is pointed out. And then in another sermon, I heard how Jesus is the fulfillment of the characters of the Old Testament and all the things that he's going to keep doing. And that's something that's super interesting to me. And so that drove me to the word. 
So maybe for you guys, that's probably, you're like, oh, that's boring. Hannah, stop talking. But maybe for you guys, you struggle with anxiety or depression. God's word talks about that. Seek after that. If you guys really are passionate about serving your community and loving others around you, God's word talks about that. Find something in the word and just kind of read off of that, and then that should drive you to more Bible reading. Um, Another thing that I found is really cool is to find someone in the Bible who struggles with the same things that you are struggling with or someone who you want to be like. So for me, the person who I really want to be like in the Bible is David. And I know some of you are like, wait, didn't he um, have a moral failing with Bathsheba? No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I want to be like. (laughs) But I think that David had one of the greatest grasps of the understanding of the importance of God's word. When you read through his Psalms, you see that he meditates on God's word day and night. He's constantly seeking after it, you know, that God's word is more precious than silver and more valuable than gold, and that he's constantly looking towards God's word for his wisdom, and that's something that I really want to pursue. And so some of us um, in, I think, modern culture would be like, well, David was just a super spiritual guy. Like, I don't think I can handle that type of intensity when reading God's word. So we could say that, or we could understand that maybe he caught on to something that we really need to catch on for ourselves, and that we need to start shifting our priorities and make God's word a priority. And the final thing is to be in community as you read. So I was talking to my best friend about how much I struggle to read God's word, and she shared that she has the same struggle. And so we kind of looked at each other in one of those like office moments where you're like, Okay, so we're going to do this together, and we decided that we're going to read through the book of Romans this semester and just really dive into it because the Christian life was meant to be lived in community, and if reading the Bible is a part of Christian life, then you need to do that in community too. I'm not saying that you can only read the Bible when you're with somebody else. That's not, don't hear me when I say that, but you have to be in community as you read, and that's where I think our life groups are some of the most important things that we do as a part of impact because we go through the word of God, and we dive deep into that, and we have prayer in that community, and when you have questions, other people have those questions too, and sometimes other people have answers, and that's why life group is so important. So. Wow, okay. So I'm going to, thank you, Hannah. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. I'm going to tell you the end of my story. So you have to draw near in order to hear, right? Okay, so I'm still sitting in the parking lot at Marshall's, well, my kids are being very well behaved for once. And I see this little kid, the same little kid, comes running out of Marshalls like the place is on fire. You know, runs all the way to his vehicle, then runs all the way back, and then runs all the way back to the vehicle and all the way back. And I thought, that's it. That's Pursue, Model, Teach. Right? And so his mom was modeling what it was like to go hard after something. Even if it think, seems impossible, it seems daunting, it seems meaningless. And I'm sitting there about to cry in a minivan in the parking lot of Marshalls because of what this mom did and now this little kid was doing. I want to encourage you this semester, uh, get, on, get on our website, sign up for a life group if you've never done that. And then also, uh, 24-7 prayer. Just sign up for that. Get involved in it. And uh, we're going to sing this. This last song is just perfect for tonight's message. Uh, Come now, Fountain. Let's let's stand and sing it, and then uh, we'll be done for tonight.